A reading from the Holy Gospel. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Hear the Gospel of Christ. I once went to a bar in St. Petersburg, Russia, uh, where it was Christmas and New Year every night of the week, all year round. So I went into this bar in August. There's Christmas decorations all over the place, fairy lights, big Christmas tree. All the staff are wearing Santa hats. Um, it, Christmas music blaring out. It felt for all the world like a lively Christmas party. It was bizarre and a little bit disorientating. And just before midnight, everyone went quiet so that former President Boris Yeltsin could deliver his Christmas speech. And then the countdown began, 10 seconds to midnight, and the clock struck 12, and the whole place erupted. I've actually never seen a group of people bring in the new year with such exuberance. It seems that there are some things that we never tire of celebrating. Uh, Though I have to say, I did a Google search for this bar and I couldn't find it. So it looks like they have got tired at last of (laughs) celebrating Christmas uh, every day. But seriously, there are certain things that have always been celebrated and will always be celebrated. And the conception of a child is one of them. I'm sure that many, if not most, of the women here have been to a baby shower. It's a joyful occasion where the mother-to-be celebrates with her female friends and family members. What we're reading about today is the most significant baby shower in all of human history. Two women meeting in a modest abode in the Judean hills. Uh, An older woman who was pregnant after hope was gone and a younger woman, probably still a teenager, 
who was pregnant far sooner than she expected to be. If you've not been to a baby shower, then you may have been to a gender reveal. Uh, Again, it's a joyful occasion that often culminates in the firing of a gender reveal smoke cannon, blue for boys, pink for girls, or the release of balloons, or however it is it's done. Well, the gender of these children had already been revealed, and this was thousands of years before ultrasound. And their names were known to their mothers. Elizabeth's son would be called John, and Mary's son would be called Jesus. So Mary and Elizabeth were full of joy, not only because they were both pregnant, but because of who these children were destined to be. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped for joy, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. People in the Old Testament are not commonly filled with the Holy Holy Spirit. It happened to specific people at specific times for specific reasons. But here in Luke's Gospel, the Holy Spirit is phenomenally active. Mary's conception is a work of the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus is even born, Elizabeth and then her husband, Zechariah, are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit continues to be in the foreground after the birth of Jesus, right the way through Luke's gospel. And then in the book of Acts, which is also written by Luke, the Holy Spirit is poured out on all believers on the day of Pentecost. And that's how it is today. Everyone who uh, puts their hope and their trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within them. So Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. She said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Before Jesus is even born, Elizabeth knows that Jesus is her Lord. And Mary knows it too. She knows that the child she carries is Israel's long-awaited Messiah, the one that the prophets long to see. So the thing that Mary and Elizabeth are celebrated, are celebrating is deeply rooted in the history of the Jewish people and in God's promises to them. It goes all the way back to Abraham and God's promise to bless all nations through his offspring. But for this to happen, the powers that keep the world in slavery will first have to be toppled. Hence, we have Mary's revolutionary song. And it really is revolutionary. It's not the kind of thing that you could have gone about singing in the Roman Empire. And even today, there are many places in the world where you could be imprisoned or even executed for giving voice to this kind of politically charged hope or expectation. I mean, imagine walking through the streets of Iran, China, or North Korea singing, the Lord has or will bring down the rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. There are plenty of places where the authorities would clamp down on that sort of thing very quickly. This song And by the way, um, almost every line from this song has its counterpart in the Old Testament. There's there's nothing new in the substance of this. Uh, This is what God had promised to do all along. And this song unmistakably points to the fact that God is going to turn the whole world order on its head. 
And that will not be a good thing for the violent, oppressive, and corrupt powers that so often hold sway in this world. In fact, it will not be a good thing for anyone who persistently and unrepentantly sets themselves in opposition to God and his purposes. But it is very good news for the oppressed, the downtrodden, the broken, and the hurting. And most of all, it's very good news for anybody who recognizes that they need God's forgiveness. And that's all of us, isn't it? And this turning upside down of the world order, this surfacing of God's kingdom values can already be seen in the fact that he chose a humble, poor, lowly, almost certainly illiterate peasant girl from first century Palestine to be the one who would bear God in her womb. It is a position of unparalleled honor and trust. And Mary of all people could be absolutely certain that God was doing something new. Uh, Not only had she received an angelic visit, but to put it bluntly, there was only one way you could get pregnant, and that's not how Mary got pregnant. Now, anyone could doubt Mary's story. I expect many people did. We know that today many people do. But Mary could be in no doubt that her pregnancy was a miracle from God. And Elizabeth, uh, her son John, would be the one to prepare the way for Jesus and his ministry. I mean, the magnitude and the significance of what Mary and Elizabeth have to celebrate is too wonderful for words. It's incomprehensible. It's overwhelming. No wonder this was such a joyful reunion. This last year at St. Andrews, we've experienced grief and sadness, but we've also experienced joy and celebration. I think it's fair to say that we've had a bit of a baby boom. Uh, Alexander and Nathaniel at the back there are just over a year old. The uh, Lord has brought them through all kinds of health complications, and we give thanks that they're now healthy and well. Last week, we heard James and Lois's amazing testimony of how God uh, healed Michelle when all of the doctors had completely given up hope. Again, we rejoice and we celebrate. We give thanks for the safe arrival of Ethan Mobbs, Lydia Samuel, and last but not least, Elias Hannam, who we're baptizing today. There is cause for much joy and celebration. The gift of life is always something to be celebrated. A child being brought safely into this world is always something to give thanks to God for. Yes, we live in a fallen and broken world, and the circumstances are not always what we might hope for. Mary probably didn't dream of giving birth to her first child in a stable. Right now, there are women giving birth to children in Ukraine in cities that have been reduced to rubble. They're surrounded by violence and bloodshed and chaos and war. There are women across the developing world giving birth and they know they can't afford to give their child good nutrition, health care or education. And there are women giving birth here in Australia whose family circumstances are far from ideal. We need to pray for all of these mothers and their children and their fathers. 
The situation is not always great. But life is life. It's a gift from God. And each person is fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. And that is something to be celebrated. You know, there's something that comes across very clearly in the Christmas story and in Mary's song in particular, and it's this. God will raise up the humble. He will honor those who have been dishonored. And he can fulfill his purposes through those who haven't had the best start in life. And that's another reason why, from a Christian perspective, the birth of a child is always a joyful occasion. Because whatever the circumstances of the birth, every person has the potential to inherit Jesus' kingdom. Every child has the potential to glorify God with his or her life. Elias is very blessed. He's been born into a loving family in a peaceful, stable Um, privileged part of the world. But most of all, he's blessed because he's been born into a Christian family, God's family. And today his baptism represents an official welcome into that family, into the church, the body of Christ. And his parents and godparents have made promises to raise him in the church, to nurture him in his faith, and to lead him in the way of Christ. And we, their church family, have promised to support and uphold them in this wonderful duty. And they will need our help because parenthood is a tough gig. Children can bring deep joy, but they can also bring a lot of heartache. Look at Mary. She was, a, she was able to say, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And she was right 2,000 years later, and we still recognize that Mary was blessed. But in the very next chapter, when they take Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to be dedicated, uh, there's a man there, Simeon. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, falls on Simeon, and he says this. He says, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. He's speaking to Mary a sword will pierce your own soul too. Mary was best blessed, but parenthood was traumatic for her. To start with, when Jesus was just a toddler under the age of two, King Herod made a concerted effort to kill him. And you remember the horrific story that often gets sort of passed over quite quickly, the murder of the innocents when uh, King Herod ordered that all baby boys under the age of two in Bethlehem should be killed. Horrific. And, of course, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus had to flee for their lives and escape to Egypt. Then there was that episode when Jesus was 12 and Mary and Joseph lost him for three days. That is enough to give any parent a few gray hairs. Uh, when Caleb was about three, he went through a phase of hiding. And I think most children like to hide, but unlike most children, uh, Caleb wouldn't get bored and give the game away by making a lot of noise. He would remain hidden in complete silence for as long as it took to find him. I once lost him, and Tissa wasn't there, so I take responsibility for this. 
I once lost him for 25 minutes in a venue that was heaving with people. 25 minutes is a very long time in that situation. It felt like three days. All the staff were looking for him. It got to the stage where the whole place had been searched several times, still no sign of him. In the end, he was discovered curled up in a small cavity under the bonnet of Postman Pat's van. <laughs> another little three-year-old girl had got into the van, one of the ones you put money in, you know, and it moves a bit. Another little girl had got in and he was curled up under the bonnet. Caleb thought it was highly amusing. I'm still having heart palpitations. <laughs> Jesus was missing for three days. That is a highly stressful situation. But that is nothing. That is nothing compared to what Mary would have to endure later. As she observed the mounting opposition to her son Jesus and his eventual crucifixion, watching that must have been like a sword piercing her soul. Mary was blessed, but parenthood involved a lot of pain and heartache. And I think there are a great many parents who would say, I'm blessed. Being a parent has been a joyful experience, but it's also brought a lot of heartache. But today and every day, we're going to focus on the joy. Because the birth at the center of Christmas is an occasion of unparalleled joy for the whole of humanity. We're all blessed because Jesus has made it possible for ordinary sinful people like you and like me to be brought back into his kingdom, or rather to be brought into his kingdom, God's eternal kingdom. And the day is coming when all earthly kingdoms will be overthrown and superseded. The leaders will be toppled, and all that is evil, corrupt, unjust, and unwholesome will be done away with forever. All that will remain is God's kingdom. That is what Mary's song points to. And she was right to sing it with heartfelt joy. And this third Sunday of Advent, when the theme is joy, it seems very fitting to be welcoming Elias into our church family. Mary's joyful song is a song that everyone who knows and loves Jesus can sing. And I would encourage you to go back to this passage during the week and read it in your own time and recognize that this is a song that we can all sing. It's based on God's promises to us. And our prayer for Elias is that he will grow up to understand and joyfully accept the reality that this song points to and that he will walk with Jesus all the days of his life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we recognize that we live in a fallen and broken world and that even the joy of having children can be joyful. It can also bring heartache. But we recognize that you have overcome this world. In fact, you told us, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
And Father, this Advent, we put our complete faith and trust in your son, Jesus. And we recognize that this is such a joyful occasion because it means that all is evil, all that is evil and unjust and wrong and wicked about the world will one day be removed and destroyed and all that will be left is your kingdom. We thank you that you give us, through your son, the opportunity and the privilege of belonging to your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.